Uh, glory to God. 2019, what the good Lord has done, so faithful. Promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. And that video is just, uh, just profound to me, and, and I know it is to you, about what we've done together in Christ. And glory to God in the highest. So, Happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed um, you know, just experiencing um, that testimony. And we, have, uh, we just had another good year of attendance um, growth. Um, giving and in our ministries and uh, lives are being changed and that's what it's all about in him and what Christ can do at God at work. And so today is the annual state of the church uh, message. I have uh, senior pastor Mark Rowland's manuscript. Uh, we want to have a singular message The Anderson Hills here and so I'm presenting that in past years we tried to live stream it and I think we just said, let's just get somebody doing this here live. And so I'm the human, chose to do that. And I'm one of the pastors here. And so our objective this year is to help people find Jesus and grow in holiness and healing. And so there are three goals to help us accomplish this. First is to rebrand and reopen Salem Church. As most of you know, in August, Salem Church um, merged with us, and we felt God guiding us through uh, that opportunity, and it came, and I remember a meeting at annual conference that we had with the DS, and it was, it was powerful. Sue Lee, Mark Putman, Mark Rowland, we were all there, and I think at Salem, the dream is to know in that surrounding community of Mount Washington that there is a place of hope, and that lives can be restored by the love and healing power of Jesus Christ. And so much of our healing ministry is going to be located in that place. And Dr. Bobby Cabot is going to relocate here and bring her healing ministry with her. And she has taught us uh, over the past few years about that healing ministry. And Pastor Sue Lee is going to step down from her role as visitation pastor and become the campus pastor at Salem. And we want to work closely with the recovery community and be a resource for families in that neighborhood. Our plan is to have the building finished and ready to be reopened by the 1st of April. And so we hope that our, our first service can be on Easter morning there. And so Eric Wilson, our worship leader, is recruiting uh, musicians and vocalists for the band and it's gonna have less production and more acoustical uh, coffee house feel to that worship experience there. And so we'll need ushers, greeters, audio, visual, sound text to help make uh, that worship experience grow in Mount Washington. And so we'll have a Sunday morning programming as well, uh, up to sixth grade, and of course, great nursery. So we're going to need to be recruiting Sunday school workers as well. So most importantly, we're going to make sure that we have critical mass there. Um, about 20 of our families, uh, especially families with grade school uh, kids, to worship at Salem on that Easter Sunday. And if any of these sound interesting to you and you would like to help us to relaunch, uh, please let our staff know. It says let Mark Rowland know right there so you can let him know as well. <laughs> our second goal is a spiritual awakening in our church and in the city of Cincinnati. This is a continuation of last year's goal to 
flame or fan the flame of revival in, in the city here at Anderson Hills and I know in our individual lives. And so since last year we've discovered that God is on, in the move uh, in the move in our world, on the move in our world, and is bringing about this spiritual awakening. And this may surprise uh, some of you because surveys really look at the attitudes it would seem that it would indicate that people are moving away from the church and belief in God. But these surveys also indicate that the people who are leaving are those who were Christian or maybe have lost that faith or struggling in their faith and moved to maybe nominal practice and commitment to Christ. And so we see many of you embracing, and I know I have, a supernatural power in Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that he has given to us as his promise to fill us so that we can experience the fullness to bring about change in our world through us and change and transformation and healing and wholeness in us. And so that happens in so many ways, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. In the past year, this church has joined up with several uh, ecumenical prayer movements, such as Burn and the Prayer Canopy. And for the first time in Mark's 16 years in Cincinnati, area churches are getting together to work for common causes to battle things that are horrific, like racism, and then also positive things like food reclamation. And while doing some of these great ministries with other churches, our own denomination continues uh, to fragment and decline over theological issues and human sexuality issues. You might have seen that in the media over the past weekend. And so you see this plan of separation of the United Methodist Church. And all of these plans, and there are several, they'll be brought forward to our general conference in May and they'll be debated and we don't know the outcome or how uh, Anderson Hills, uh, how that will affect us. But we'll keep you appraised of those uh, specifics as it unfolds. And it could take several years to implement after that decision is made. But no matter the outcome, Anderson Hills will continue to offer the vibrant ministry and transformational ministry of Jesus Christ and his love to this world. And while the United Methodist Church continues to decline in the U, uh, U.S., the church has seen incredible growth in, in African, Africa and the Philippines. And the number of members has increased, listen to this, from 3.5 million in 2010 to 6.4 million in 2017. It's not just the United Methodist Church, it's other denominations. They're seeing significant increases, and it will not be long before the center of Christianity shifts from Europe and North America to the southern hemisphere of this earth. And so we want Anderson Hills to be a part of this spiritual renewal. I want to see us have a positive impact uh, for good in our city and to help us move in the direction. And so in that direction, so we have invited uh, Dr. Randy Clark. You might have seen his video uh, several weeks ago. He's the founder of Global Awakening, Awakening to be here as our weekend speaker in, in April, the 24th through the 26th. You see it there. 
and we want to invite other area churches to join us for this Holy Spirit conference, and I hope you can plan to come too. And so we're expecting great things to come out of this weekend. The third goal is to invest in our small group leaders. Our small groups are providing care and support and spiritual growth and Bible study. The more people we have in small groups, the more people that we see growing. To do that, we need more leaders, and we need to train up leaders to help. And so we've put together a plan to invest in our small group leaders. This past year, we took our leaders through two training modules, one called Core and the other called Modern. And these classes taught them about our core doctrines and how to ask good questions and engage with people who might not be Christian and how to deal with these controversial cultural issues as they come up. And we see that our country is divided mostly on these cultural issues. And it's becoming more and more divided, it seems. But as our fresh expressions, which is a worship uh, outside the church in various places, continue to grow, we need to develop small group leaders uh, for those folks. I've started one small group, and I think we, our total, if, we, if everybody showed up, it would be like 18 people coming to my small little living room. And so we need to train up more small group leaders to help these folks that come to our fresh expression. And many of, of those people are coming here to worship. Our small groups are where discipleship takes place. What does discipleship mean? Jesus made it clear before he ascended back into heaven. He gave the church the marching orders. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And how do we do that? In the next verse, he says, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so what did he command us to do? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And this is the first and greatest commandment, he said. And the second is, is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And he said, and he summed up the law and all its principles. He said, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So on the night before his crucifixion, after washing his disciples' feet, Jesus said, my command is this, that you love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And so... As we grow in discipleship, we see that God continues to grow our gifts. And so we need people, as they grow in their gifts, to help disciple people in our area. And it's about learning how to love each other. It's not warm and fuzzy all the time. It requires clear intention, keen attention, and focused practice over long periods of time. And the gospel transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. And we love as he loves. It's powerful. The scripture that will guide us for this year is found in Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 4. He has been explaining how to grow towards maturity in Jesus Christ in this chapter. He encourages them to leave the old life behind and begin to walk in new life in him. He tells them to put off old ways, kind of like taking off old clothes that no longer fit or are just nasty, and putting on new self, new clothing. Let me read it starting with verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ 
and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with, to regard, with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does that mean, created to be like God? Does that startle any of you to know that your destiny is to be like God? Well, that was God's original purpose for humanity, but we lost it. In the Garden of Eden, when humanity made the decision to rebel against God's purpose for creation and go their own way. And ever since, God has been in the process of restoring us and reclaiming that, ident that identity of that God image made in us. And where does that start? If you look in verse 23, it starts in your mind. Nick Gumbel says, our thoughts become actions, our actions become our habits, our habits become our character, our character becomes our life. You know, as a, and as a counselor, you know, with cognitive behavioral therapy, our thoughts often transform into action that are negative. And so this mind renewal can happen, and, and Paul talks about that in Romans 12. He says, don't conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that journey towards holiness starts there. I don't know about you, but my mind can often be a mess. I feel like a, it's times at the battleground of the mind. And Paul says it in verse 17. He says, don't let Gentiles do that, or don't live like Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. And when our thinking gets messed up, it affects our spiritual, mental, and our emotional lives. And the word Paul uses to describe the goal of reclaiming our image is holiness. The process God uses to do that is called sanctifying grace, to be made holy as he is holy, to be made like Christ. The old-timers call it Christian perfection. They didn't mean that word the way we do today, and it's not about being made perfect. If that's your goal, Mark Rowland says good luck, and I say it too. It's about integrity. It's about authenticity. It's about loving as he loves. I agree with what he writes here. He says, I've come to realize that there's a lot of healing that needs to take place from my past. And I say that too. And the damage done from what Paul says was our former way of life. And for me to move on towards holiness, what we need is healing are from the lies that we have been told. Paul says so in verse 25, put off those falsehoods. And so what are those lies that you've come to believe? Maybe that God does not love you, or you're a failure, or you aren't good enough, or your life has no purpose, or you're worthless, and you hear that, those words. And when we believe these lies, we search for ways to comfort ourselves and to escape the pain that they may bring. We search for ways to deal with them. And Paul lists some of them in verse 31. He says, bitterness and rage and anger and brawling, gossip, 
gossip, addiction, sexual immorality, binge eating, fear. And he talks about a lot of those and the deeper meaning of those. And we could probably fill in the blank ourselves. How in, or, in order, however, to diminish or drown out those lying voices of the enemy, we need to embrace God's pr- truth about us. And so Paul writes in verse 25, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ. You were taught in him, accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. And so we need to tune in to that loving voice, that, that truth that can come into our minds and speak to us and open up our minds if we listen to do amazing things for us and in us. In John's gospel, Jesus says, says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. And so the role of the Holy Spirit is to speak God's truth to us, that you are loved and that you are a child of God. And he also says in his promise, I am with you. So as we begin to believe those truths, instead of those lies that we've been told, we learn to love ourselves and to love others. In chapter 5-1, Paul writes, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And do you believe that today, that you're dearly loved? Can you proclaim that here as we're four days in this new decade? You are dearly loved. And we have to walk in that way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice of God. You remember we learned just in discipleship just a few minutes ago, it's about learning how to love each other, and that's the goal. And that's what holiness is, and that's why healing and holiness go together. I'm going to go off script here. Hopefully you won't give me a tap on the head. But anyway, I was, I was preaching at, at uh, Little Miami Brewing Company yesterday, and I was talking about abiding and remaining in God's love. And when I do that, uh, my, my love... Because he's filled me with that love, it just increases to where it's so easier to love others and to love myself. Because he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so that, as that love of God increases in me, oh, it's so easy. It is. And I love you. I do. Sometimes I just want to just, and just, but you can't see it. You just, like, there it goes, and he's loving. So, but but that, that can happen through him. And that healing, and that's the truth of Jesus Christ in the gospel. And so back on to Mark, the more I listen to God's truth in the scripture, and the less I listen to the lies of the world, the less fear and anxiety and guilt and shame I struggle with. And the more freedom I have is to be who God created me to be. And the more love I have for others and for God, it's changing me. I'm not the same person I once was. And that's true of a lot of you here, you're experiencing the same freedom and love and that healing ministry desires to take place within the parameters of these goals and even outside the parameters. I can't wait to see what God is, is going to do in 2020. This year, we will be celebrating the 200th anniversary of the founding of this congregation. And I'm, I think, man, that is... Isn't that cool how this is all streamlining? I don't know if you know this. Uh, my, my now wife brought me here in, in 1989, I think, and this is my home church, and the wheel's gone full circle. 
The dog ate its tail, and I'm back here now as one of your pastors. And, and I see God. I see a different congregation. I see a completely different church. And God has been using this church for generations to be a blessing for this community. And I know this church has gone through various stages. But we're going to build upon this legacy that these pioneers, these founders have done. And maybe you would like to help us build on this legacy in Salem. Maybe you would like to be a small group leader. Maybe you want to become a part of this spiritual awakening here in our city. And we would love to hear from you as we jump to this next decade. But more importantly, let's commit ourselves fully to what God desires to do within us. And so, I, I, you see in the world, I mean, I just this past week, you, know, you see war, and you see a lot of uh, turmoil, and you, you read articles in the newspaper and see, see people just doing horrific things to each other. It's not God's will. And I think God desires for us to be as ambassadors to this world because I don't think they know what to do. They're futile in their thinking. And God's truth can come through our authentic, Christ-centered lives. And I'd love for you to join me.